brought to you by Skype. Hello guys, what is going on? Welcome to Ben Squared. This is the first episode of what is going to be our Young Speak, associated with Young Speak podcast, and it's going to be a pop culture podcast. I'm joined here by Ben Rousey. Hello. How's everyone going? And we will be your hosts for this evening, event, morning, afternoon, day. It's definitely night for us. It's night for us when we're recording this, but yeah. the rest of the people out there... It's whatever time of day. You know, I, li- I know I find I'd like to put a podcast on in the background while I'm doing something else because it's something I don't necessarily have to listen intensely to. Things like that. Well, and it's still easy to get work done. So, anyway, so now that you've introduced us, we're going to talk to you here about what, our, what we plan on doing with this podcast. So, I've been doing most of the talking. Ben, would you like to take over? Yeah, sure. So we we've been uh you know we've had a discussion for a little while now about some of the things we plan to do here. Um, we are probably going to focus a lot on you know movies and music as well as you know delving a little bit into uh, video games and television shows. Um, we've, we're planning today to talk about uh, some of the best the highlights of movies of 2016 and some of the things we're looking forward to. We're going to talk about some of the uh, best things we've seen from E3. Uh, and then also uh, album releases of 2016 so far and some of the things we're looking forward to for this summer. Uh, we also talked about um, having uh, a segment, uh, possibly at the end of some of our uh, uh, podcasts, uh, about um, movies, uh, television shows, and music that may be uh, a little bit under the radar, not many people have heard of, just a way to introduce you to some things that may be you know, you would not have seen before. Uh, we're not going to be able to do that this time, but that's something we're looking forward to doing in the future. We're, ho- we're hoping that we can make that a weekly thing. I just, I had the idea, and it, I had the idea I thought it might be really cool to get, so that we're not always talking about the same mainstream stuff you're already hearing so much about, that we can instead open it up and get to some stuff that you might not have heard about. And we'd be open to suggestions for the format on that too. I was thinking right now that either we pick one each from an artist, TV show, and a movie, or we just, each each of us both picks one from either of those three categories, and then we talk about it, talk about why we like that, or give the premise of the TV show or the movie, or talk about the artist, what they're doing, why we like them, um, things like that, where you can check out their music, or um, what what's going on with the current TV show, and these might be movies too, as well, especially, I was thinking especially for movies, that might be four or five years old, even older, just because they might have flown under the radar at the time, as like he, like Ben said, right. as something that you people have never heard of or never seen. And so it's not always going to be current stuff. It's just going to be a broad range, and we're going to slide those in at the end, starting next week, just so that we, because I had only presented this idea. I only had this idea today, so I just wanted to present it. I wanted Ben to have more time to think of something rather than being put on the spot. Yep, we're gonna we're gonna be prepared. Absolutely, we're gonna we have a lot of ideas for this. So well, we're we gonna... already have some good stuff here today to talk about um, to talk about for you guys. So without further ado, why don't we just go ahead and jump right into it with the movies that have been released? We're talking about some movies that have been released so far this year. That give our opinions on things like that. So starting awesome. it off with Deadpool. I mean, it's a great movie. I mean, I really enjoyed it. It was yeah. I this was it's arguably my favorite movie that I've seen so far this year. It's 
I don't know. I really, I really enjoy the sense of humor that's brought to the table in Deadpool. And it's also a great movie for, you know, with to see with friends and to talk about with friends. I know at work, there's like me and two guys that I work with that we just constantly are quoting this movie and making jokes about it throughout work because we just find it so hilarious. I think it's a really it's a really great direction that the Marvel Cinematic Universe is going in and like that it has gets to go in with this movie because you think about all the other movies have been so much more serious and they've all obviously not this is the first rated R superhero movie that yeah. they've made and it was done just very well. I think um I think Ryan Reynolds did just great job. And yeah. and did a great job in the movie and uh I mean, they obviously with a rated R movie you can do so much more and you can there's so much more you can get away with doing and I I think it's a really great step in that it's a really great step in that direction and I'm I'm excited to see what they do for the future with this movie and the way it ties into everything else because how they're going to bring him into the rest of the the rest of the universe what they're going to do with that yeah uh, things like that and I think it's a I think it's a really fun movie I don't I can't quite put it I can't quite put it at the top of my list I think I have to really kind of right now for me it's Winter Soldier Deadpool and Civil War all kind of fighting up there for the first spot yeah in, in terms of in terms of the movies I think and the Deadpool the one thing and this is the last thing I'm going to say here is the one thing I remember coming out of that movie is comparing it to the movie that had just been released before it Age of Ultron and just thinking, wow, this is everything that Age of Ultron wanted to be, but wasn't. Yeah, I yeah, I completely see that. And going back to something you said earlier about you know Marvel doing something a little bit different, I think this is it's very clearly you know Marvel has been uh, very groundbreaking in the past. They're very ambitious, you know, with the plan to extend plot lines across multiple movies, but in, and create an entire universe in movies like no one has before. But they've it's been a very formulaic approach and they haven't really um, strayed from that very much. But with this movie, they clearly went off, you know, the, the well-trodden path that they had before. And they, you know, took some very different ideas. They basically just gave this movie to Ryan Reynolds and, you know, the director and that staff to write and just make a really funny movie, basically ripping on the genre that they are becoming very, you know, profitable from. I... I I agree with that as well. I mean, Tim Miller is the director director of Deadpool, and he just did a fantastic job with how with how what the way he went in this movie. And I think it's nice that it's nice that Marvel like there was a, there was some talk I when the movie was in production what was going to happen. Were they going to make it PG thirteen or were they just going to go for it and just be like forget it? We're going to make this rated R. We're just going to do exactly do like true to the comics exactly what we want and I definitely think that they made the right choice in making it going for rated R because if it was PG-13 just I don't think this movie would have had the same impact as uh, as it had being rated R and that's probably because I drew the same comparison Age of Ultron versus Deadpool and Age of Ultron I was not a huge fan of it when it came out honestly a lot of my friends were like oh it was a good movie it was better than the first Avengers whatever I was just like I, I really don't see it it for me there were for me one it was too plot holy and the other and the other thing is that they had so many one-liners thrown in there that just were unnecessary where you had characters who it isn't their thing it isn't their personality to make those one-liners just making one-liners anyway and it wasn't like one or two it was like every like 
two minutes every yeah 30 seconds like just after a while you're just like are they really trying that hard for comedic relief here like well, the, the thing about the thing that makes the one-liners funny is that you have like the characters like tone you have like tony stark and iron man or iron man tony stark or spider-man the characters and deadpool whose characters it's their character to make those funny one-liners funny one-line jokes so when deadpool did it that's how it's done well. They had a ton of those, but you're like, one, okay, this is his character, and two, the action is so good and so well done that it helps to break it up when he has those one-liners, obviously. Yeah, and I, I think the difference even between the first Avengers and Avengers Age of Ultron, I, I personally like the first Avengers a lot better, and I think they did a much better job of pacing that movie, and there weren't as many one-liners, but they were well-placed. They made sense. Like, Agreed, yes. Eight, Jokes. Yeah. So instead of they, they did, they tried to a little a little bit too hard with some of the one-liners in Age of Ultron. They definitely did, but at the same time, I think they did some important things to like further the entire plotline of like the universe in the fact that you know your villain was created by the superheroes instead of being you know a villain from you know some other place you know that comes to challenge them, and just introducing different aspects that you know make it more complex and you know harder on the characters. I, I agree with I agree with that too, and just the only thing that another thing that bothered me about Age of Ultron is the end credit scene was such you're just kind of like oh come on that's the best you can give us um, yeah for Thanos you're just kind of like, okay we I mean granted if you're not a huge comic book person then you don't really know but even if you've seen all the movies and you've seen Guardians of the Galaxy and everything like that you you should be getting the idea that Thanos has been controlling everything this entire time and yeah. And like obviously, for being being more into comic books, I did know that Thanos was controlling the entire thing this entire time. So, just I mean, Age of Ultron. I feel like for me, it was just a movie. It was almost for me a movie that just sets up the rest of the series, so that we eventually know, eventually do get Thanos coming in and being obviously being like he's gonna do everything himself now. Right? Yeah, like he's actually gonna try. It, All right. So, unless you have anything else you want to say, you want to move on to our next movie here. Yeah, we can move on. That's yeah, that's good. Um, actually, a good transitional point. Uh, as far as you saying that you thought Avengers: Age of Ultron was a bit of a like a stopgap, like a a bridge from one movie to another to further the plotline, I kind of had similar thoughts about Captain America: Civil War, but not in a negative way, in a very positive way. I personally, when I when I watching Captain America: Civil War, I, I had a discussion with a couple like a couple friends about this. It kind of feels like in order to properly judge the movie. You need to see the next movie to see if they actually set it up correctly, like if they did a good job with the plot line. Because very clearly, you know, the tearing apart of the Avengers is setting something up for the next Avengers movie. And how are they going to bring it back together and that kind of thing? I'm, I mean, I thought Civil War was much better done than Age of Ultron. I enjoyed Civil War a lot more than Age of Ultron. I completely uh, agree with that. But I think the reason for that as well is that Civil War is a Captain America movie versus Age of Ultron being an Avengers movie. Right, I, and I I think that's the main issue with the fact that Age of Ultron was such a like it just didn't seem like it it was you know a bridge between movies instead of you know being its own thing like Avengers probably should be. Yeah, I mean Avengers. Granted, Avengers is um, Avengers is in its right. Like it's it's still a good series, and the way they do it is still very good and it ties in everything and that's just how marvel are they have their plan they know how they're doing everything but i'm you, i mean the russo brothers just they are they're always good when when they direct a movie when they direct a 
Captain America movie. I mean, they dra- they directed Winter Soldier and Winter Soldier for the longest time until uh, Deadpool came out and until these other ones came out. That was by I think by many people, pretty a lot of people I talked to considered the best uh, the best Marvel movie they had made so far. Just everything yeah. in, so everything in um, in Winter Soldier was just done really well, and that's just credit to the Russo brothers. Just did a really good job on that one, and I mean. Yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from with the setup for the next movie. For the, right. the next movie being, you see if they did a good job in, in Civil War based on what the next movie does. But at the same right. time, I still think Civil War was a very good movie, and it it kind of at the end, the end it are you already know they did it they did it well because at the end they have that realization they're like uh, they're like wait a minute like if we go on like this if we keep doing this when Captain America and Iron Man are both fighting they realize that they're gonna end up killing each other that, right that's the only way that that can end is that both of them are gonna die granted, i think yeah. I'd, granted i still don't see how i still i'm like i'm like in that fight really i think iron man tony stark whatever i think he's a goner he's only got the suit and that suit was getting ripped apart yeah i think captain america who's actually been infused with super serum i think he would still have the upper hand but yeah what the movie did was just basically set it up so that you're like, oh, they're both going to end up killing each other if they keep fighting. Right. So one of them had to end it. Yeah, and I and I agree with you. Maybe I didn't phrase correctly, but I, I was not saying that that was a negative thing about the movie necessarily. I believe that it was a very good movie, and it was – it's. I mean, it is one of my favorites that Marvel has come out with. I, w- I agree with you that Winter Soldier is – was prob- was the best at it when it came out, and I would argue still – possibly the best Marvel movie that has been made. And the Russo brothers have done a very good job. Um, but with this one, I, they did a couple of new things too. Like they had the ability with having action sequences where you have two, the two sides of the Avengers fighting each other. Some of the best action sequences we've seen in any uh, of the superhero movie, really in any superhero movie at, at all. And then when you take, you know, the different, the, the, you know, the plot line involving, you know, the people being unsure of whether superheroes were fit to, you know, to save the world and then, or if they needed to be monitored. And then you have, you know, like you were saying, Captain America and Iron Man, someone's going to kill each other. But then you have a character like Captain America, who is a very honorable person who does not, you know, want to kill each other. When he has a goal, he will complete that goal. And his goal in this movie was clearly to protect his friend, Bucky Barnes, you know, the Winter Soldier. But he's also at the same time, he's not going to destroy his completely destroy his friendship with Tony Stark by killing him. He was able to, you know, at the end of the movie to not make amends, but, you know, he kind of threw out a lifeline to Tony like, hey, if you ever need anything, we're going to be here. Just let me know. You know, I I like that, too, because they finally addressed, I think, the number one question for every single person, really, when they watch a super movie, super movie, superhero movie. Who cleans up their mess? What happens to their mess after they tear up New York, do whatever, tear up the city, and they finally address that in this movie, saying, yeah. like, how can these superheroes be fighting and doing all this and getting away with um, and getting away with it without having to pay for their damages, clean up after themselves, whatever? So, I'm I'm really glad that they did address that and they did talk about that and basically made them outlaws, uh, or gov- they were government like guys who were commissioned by the government, kind of. Kind of like what you saw Iron Patriot in in the other Iron Man movies is yeah yeah basically the same as Iron Patriot except except morally obviously like 
that's where Cap. That's where I also really liked was that Captain America, out of everyone, was the one who had the moral conflict as to whether or not he should be working for the government or how they can allow um, how can they can allow um, everything to go on and how they can allow whatnot and like instead of, instead of being able to go off and fight the crime, fight the bad guys, and it was. Iron Man or Tony Stark, the one who you'd think, obviously. So the way they did it, I actually really enjoyed that because it's not what you would have necessarily expected. Yeah, I I agree with that, and I think for the most part that was a very it was a very well rounded movie and it was very well done. I think um, there's like one question I'd have is so they introduced a couple of well the villain I can't remember his name so they, int- they introduced that villain and then at the end you know he goes to prison and the the kind of the the guy who's like interviewing him is played by uh, Martin Freeman. And I just feel like if when they add an actor of the caliber and, you know, as well recognized as Martin Freeman is, it makes me think that that plot line is not done and that they're going to come back to that simply because Martin Freeman, I feel like they wouldn't bring him on for what in all, in, like in that movie was basically a cameo. Like, I feel like they're going to come back to that. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I think I can't remember. He's already got a role in one of the next movies and I cannot remember what it is for the life of me but I yeah I it has something to do with the the fact that more Martin Morgan Freeman Jesus Martin Freeman and Benedict Cumberbatch are just really close so I think it has something to do with Doctor Strange and mm, I'm probably yeah. going to I'm totally going to catch a lot of hate for that because I'm sure somebody knows and be like oh you idiot it has to be like <laughs> this and be like yeah okay yeah but yeah I cannot remember but I know he does have a role in the upcoming movies so yeah, that that makes sense. So, it's moving on, moving away from Marvel a little bit, not so far though, because we're just hopping right on over to Disney. I'm gonna talk about our next movie here, and Ben has not actually seen this one. Uh, is Zootopia it was, and just I think I just wanted to mention it here because it obviously it was Disney's big movie this year, or one of their big movies this year, and it was publicized a lot, got a lot of attention. And based on everything that's been going on, I think in the world right now, it was just a really, it was a really great, great thing that Disney did. And again, I'm going to put it out there: better than Frozen. It was better than Frozen. Frozen is not that good. I don't understand what the whole hype is behind that. But anyway, Frozen's been years removed. Uh, Frozen's like what three years old now. Um, but I don't Zootop- know. I really enjoyed Zootopia because it was just. It was a different spin on on equality and race and judging people by the way they look and things like that. And it was Disney's way of doing it in a kid's way, but I really enjoyed the movie. I thought it was a really it was a really good movie. Like and I don't understand that either. You don't have to be a kid to enjoy a kid's movie. I mean, that movie was definitely had a lot of jokes for adults too, because they made breaking bad references in it. Uh, they had a reference to the Godfather in it. So it was just a really clever it was really cleverly done by Disney and I think they really um, just as always impressed me with what they did and so just getting back to the equality and everything it's for for you who hasn't seen it it's basically about it's about a small city rabbit or who's grown up in the country and her dream is to become a police officer and everybody looks down on her they're like oh you can never do that rabbits never become police officers there's never been been a bunny cop is one of is the phrase they use and she ends up becoming the police officer, but she gets assigned to traffic duty, parking duty, and um, she uncovers this whole she uncovers this whole plot of um, 
somebody is turning all the predators, what they call savage, where the predators like lions, tigers, bears, like all those guys, are reverting back to their natural instincts to kill, to hunt and kill the, uh, to hunt and kill and eat the, uh, the vegetarians, the uh, herbivores, or whatever. I'm sure I, that was the wrong word, but uh, they're all resor resorting back to their natural instinct to hunt and kill. And so she uncovers the plot and tries to figure out who's behind turning all of them back to their natural instincts. And so, and so there's, it deals with things like that, like this, this her being a female bunny cop, like not, and everybody talks down on her, you're never going to make it, you're never going to be a police officer, and then she proves them wrong, become, gets there, then she's put on traffic duty because she's a rabbit, and then the same way it deals with, um, there's a, she meets a fox who's played by, um, uh, Jason Bateman. She's played. She meets a fox played by Jason Bateman, and Jason Bateman, uh, as the fox, is foxes are known for being nothing but shifty and trying to pull a fast one and being con men, whatever. And at the beginning of the movie, yes, he's a con man, but he ends. He develops. He his character grows. You see his character grow, and he doesn't need to be that con man by the end of the movie, and he's actually becomes trustworthy and everything. And so. Yeah, it's just it's really it was really well done by Disney. It was a really great movie. I really enjoyed it. And again, just Disney continued their run of just being making really great movies. I think that Disney and Pixar are just they just know how to make really great movies. Yeah, so. I I agree with that. Disney and Pixar know how to make really great movies. Although you did reference Frozen earlier, I also have not seen Frozen, so I'm a little bit behind. I kind of I just boycotted it actually because of how much I'd heard about it already. I just decided not to see it. I watched it on a plane ride uh, when I was on a plane. It was one of the on-demand movies. Is when I saw it, so I was just like, yeah, why not see what all with all the rage is about? And it really, I didn't think it was that great. And then when Big Hero Six came out, like right after it, I was like, wow, Big Hero Six is much better than Frozen. I really enjoyed Big Hero 6, too. Again, another that's Disney movie that they just did really well. That's yeah. another movie I'm excited for. Big Hero 6, too, is going to be awesome. Yeah. Well, so, moving on to the other one. Yeah, let's take a little a little shift in tone. I'm going to talk about a movie that uh, Ben Goldberg has not seen, The Hateful Eight. Uh, it's the most recent Quentin Tarantino movie. Cleverly enough, it's his eighth movie, uh, hence the title, Hateful Eight. Um, I'm a huge... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of uh, of Quentin Tarantino. I think he's had some very fantastic movies. They're very adult. He, you know, includes a lot, a lot of language, very violent, but he has a very fresh way of approaching um, already done plot lines. So this one is about is a it's a very it's about a western. It's it's well stylistically it's a western, but also kind of like a whodunit murder mystery, except it takes place. In, a, in the mountains, in the middle of a snowstorm, in a tiny shack with the main character being played by Samuel L. Jackson. So a, a black cowboy, you could say, which he just did in his last movie, Django Unchained, as well. So there's, you know, some, you know, racist tensions because it's set, you know, back in the... No I don't spoilers, know. by the way. I want to watch this. I will. I, will I won't be spoiling anything. I promise. I'm just... This is just set up. <laughs> but anyway, so... Uh, um, he sets it up, you know, with uh, in a very different way than you would think this kind of type of movie would be set up. The main complaint that I had heard before I saw it was that it was too long. It's got a three-hour runtime. It's his longest movie, um, and I, I could understand that, and I see where people were coming from. But as a person who really likes Quentin Tarantino, I find his dialogue and the way his movies are written to be 
very clever and to be very and to be you know really high quality so the first hour hour and a half is a lot of character building plot setup pretty much none of the um like action or exciting plot twists and plot points they usually get from quentin but i still thought that it was a very uh high quality effort from him um where some people maybe would have disagreed because of the length of the movie so i think personally if you're a type of person who either doesn't like long movies or you know likes a lot of you know action or you know things to be happening i would say stick it out you know stick with it because then you know you get the flip side of it the last hour and a half is crazy it's ridiculous it's everything you know the best parts of every quentin tarantino movie ever are uh it's just you know it's all it's all the things you'd want it to be um and i think you know some people will say it's not one of his best movies i don't think it's his worst i don't think it's his best but you know i i've i've got high praises for it i would encourage anyone to see it really i mean with that i mean it's quentin tarantino so you say it's not his best but like i mean how bad can it really be you know quentin tarantino has not made a bad movie so exactly so doesn't mean that it's also i was trying to think I actually going off for a minute. You talked about Samuel L. Jackson. I know a friend, friend, a couple friends, and I were having this discussion. Has Quentin Tarant or not Quentin? Has Samuel L. Jackson ever been in a really bad movie? Like, as I feel like Samuel L. Jackson is only only ever does good movies. But then I'm I think we named a couple of movies that he's been in that actually weren't that great. But then again, I'm like, but it's Samuel L. Jackson, so he might have been good, but the movie might have overall been bad. It like tests. case in point, Star Wars Episode One, Star Wars Episode Two, Star Wars Episode Three. That's that's three of them. That's that's three movies he's been in that weren't necessarily. But then th- he's been in arguably the best movie of all time in Pulp Fiction. So yeah, um, yeah. So you got the flip side. Yeah, I I think it. I agree with you. Samuel Jackson tends to be the type of person who, in the right role, can be fantastic, but overall will always be at least a decent actor for you. And he always, you know, he's very similar in a lot of his roles in the way he acts them, which is sometimes you could argue is a negative thing, but I think it's definitely a positive thing for him because it's it's the way the way he acts is uh, usually exactly what he's supposed to do in the movie. So, all right. So now now went off on a little tangent there. Let's get getting back to script here. All right. So our next section here is movies. We're looking forward to movies of 2016 and beyond because we do have. One movie that is not a 2016 movie that is a 2017 movie, but I think we just want, we just really wanted to talk about now. And if you know if you know what's coming out in 2017, you probably know what movie that is. I'm not gonna we're not gonna get to that one right now because there's one that I want to talk about before that. But I know in the future too, we're gonna do more movies looking forward into the coming years, like more that are coming out maybe 2017, 2018. But right now we just wanted to cover 2016. So, starting it off with the one that's coming out, wow, it's coming out tomorrow, hold on a second, I just realized what the date was. <laughs> it is, it's coming out tomorrow, I didn't realize that, and I typed that down. It's coming, it's coming out tomorrow, we're going to start it off with Finding Dory, coming out on June 17th, so coming out tomorrow, or I guess maybe today when uh, this is posted, this will most likely be posted one day later, so... I'm- it's I'm surprised. Pro- so it's it's come out. We'll just say it's come out today, even though it hasn't, because we're recording this on the 16th. But 
I mean, I'm just super excited for this movie, you know. It, this is this is kind of how I think everyone felt after they announced that Toy Story 2, or Toy Story was getting another sequel when Toy Story 3 came out. Everybody was like, wow, we've waited this long for this sequel. I'm really excited. I'm going to be tackling kids and shoving them out of the way. They better, like, wait their turn. Uh, they better wait their turn to see this movie. I saw, I can't remember what it was, but I saw something on Twitter that was essentially like that. It's like, you're, like... Your like six year old kid or whatever is not going to be able to appreciate this movie, so you better let all of us who are who grew up with Finding Nemo see it first. So I mean, Finding Nemo is my I think number two, probably or it's it's in my top three, top five favorite Mar that Marvel Pixar movies. So I'm just I'm really excited for this. Hopefully, it'll be as good as Finding Nemo, and hopefully, it will not be at the same like quality that some of these other sequels that have been made like years and years later hopefully it'll be a toy story 3 and not a uh i'm trying to th what, what's a really bad one that's come out that's been a sequel to one of them to actually a good a good pixar oh, movie gosh well there's i i don't know there's a lot of sequels i it's hard to it's hard to remember all the sequels uh then but yeah i mean from what I've seen from the trailers too, it looks like it's gonna be decent. It's gonna be good. I just hope it's not that they don't they don't fall too much into like a realm of like trying to recreate what they had before. Yeah, they have the other to. Thing. Don't do a Star Wars. I mean, granted, Star Wars Episode Seven was a very good movie, great way to start off this franchise. But do not. But when you follow the exact same plot line as Star Wars Episode Four, and you try and expect people not to notice, they'll notice. Yeah, that I really like Star Wars. No one, seven. no one, yeah, no one didn't notice, but no one cared at the same time, really. Because yeah. Star Wars Episode Seven, very well done, but we're not talking about Episode Seven right now. Let's get Finding Dory, Finding Dory. Yeah. Well, all I know is that there's definitely a big hype train surrounding this, and it's definitely conducted by Ellen DeGeneres. I feel like she's had a counter for like when this movie's gonna happen. Uh, but like down to the second for like months like she's she is very excited about this and i i think that she's probably a good authority on it i mean yeah she's getting paid to do it but i feel like she's excited because everyone should be excited yeah hopefully it's not manufactured hype i hate that too like everybody she's trying to get everybody excited for this movie and then you go and see it and you're like wow that was really bad uh that sort of thing obviously you don't want that to happen either but I'm I'm staying optimistic. Hopefully, I actually I didn't realize it comes out tomorrow. I might go and see it tomorrow, except that I know the theater is going to be packed. So, but uh, if I can, hopefully I'll go see it tomorrow or the next day, just sometime yeah. soon. I didn't realize right. came, soon. I didn't realize it came out so soon. Yeah. Right. So let's move on to our next movie here, which uh, another animated movie coming out. I'm just going by chronological order in terms of release date here. Uh, our next movie here, Secret Life of Pets, July 8th. Yeah, I th I think this one looks like it's going to be um, really funny. Like, when you were talking about Zootopia, when you said, you know, they've got... It's a kid's movie, but they have the adult humor. That was already showing through for this one in the trailer. I, I thought there was some absolutely hilarious stuff uh, with, with the Secret Life of Pets. There's a specific scene with... Uh, the a, a dog at a very upscale house after its owner left was listening to like screamo metal and i thought it i just thought it looked absolutely hilarious and very clever and charming so i'm really excited about this one too 
I've been seeing from the trailer too. I don't know if it's intentional or not, but it looks like they're doing a little bit of a homage or a tribute to Monty Python because they have this little they have this rabbit attacking people. <laughs> and the first thing I thought of when I saw that was Monty Python, the Holy Crit, Holy Grail, and um, with the bunny, with the killer bunny. And uh, I I couldn't I didn't know if they were intentionally trying to do that or that was just something they did. But I thought. The first thing I thought of when I saw that was Monty Python, but I mean, I'm actually really a big sucker for animated movies. Like, I just, I really love animated movies. It's just been, maybe it's just the kids still in me, but I mean, I've been seeing the trailers for this and I've been actually really excited for this one because I actually do want to, I do want to go see this one. Um, I think it's going to be really great. And yeah, like you were saying, they had, I like when movies do that, when they know parents are going to be taking their kid to see it or whatever and they throw in jokes that, uh, the only the parents really would understand. The kids might not understand. They throw in little bits for the parents like that. Like I've rewatched some older movies, even like some older animated movies that I watched when I was a kid, and I'm just kind of there, and I'm like, wow, that probably flew right over my head as a kid. Yeah. I probably had no idea what that meant. Um, but then, uh, but then, like now rewatching it, I'm like, oh man, that's hilarious. I know, like <laughs> yeah. Phineas and Ferb was a lot like that. Um, yeah. They can really like, slip things like in. and Ferb. It's a good show. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, obviously this is... Um, shoot, I can't... This is so unprofessional. Who's making Life of Pets? I can't remember either. That's unfortunate. Um, um, I have to look it up now. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's still... It's definitely a cl- like a classic type. It's not necessarily... It's unique in the sense that it's about... What, uh, that it's about pets, you know, when they're away from their owners. But at the same time, you know, it's a, it's something that has been tried and has been done successfully as an animated movie. And I think that it's a good opportunity for another really uh, exciting animated movie. Uh, I'd, so is it? So it's not Universal. I'm seeing Universal here, but it's not un- Universal's who's it's being distributed by. Uh. Let's see. I, I can. Where is? Who's it being made by? Um. Uh, all I know is it's made by the same people who make dis, who made Despicable Me. So whoever that is. Uh, okay. I don't know who I don't know who that is, but. Uh, well, unprofessional. All right. Anyway, let's move on to say the next one here, Suicide Squad. You want to talk about? Wait, is Suicide Squad the next one, or I'm? So no, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters is the next one. Then Suicide Squad. We'll get to Suicide Squad. It's a good one. But let's talk about one that looks like it's gonna be a really crappy one. Yeah, we were. Yeah, we were just talking about Ghostbusters before we started recording, and um, we both have gotten the impression. I, I personally, when they announced some of the actresses that were gonna be in it as the lead roles and stuff, I thought that it had potential. But upon uh, the last couple times I've gone to the movie theater, they've played the trailer, and upon seeing the trailer, it looks like. It looks it looks like it's going to be disappointing. The the jokes that they threw into the trailer, which usually you include a couple of the really good jokes that are going to be in the movie for you know a movie that's supposed to be a comedy, and it it did not it wasn't it really wasn't that funny, and I, I, it got me worried because it definitely definitely has the potential a remake of Ghostbusters with an with the you know a female lineup definitely has the potential to be something absolutely hilarious, especially with. Some of the actresses, you know, the, the, some of the funniest ar- around right now, like Melissa McCarthy is. Oh, I can't stand. It. She annoys me. I, I, oh, I think she's really funny, but 
I mean, oh, I, no, no, eat your own. I'm not saying no. You're, I personally, I don't. I'm not a huge fan of her, but yeah, no, that's yeah, that's fine. I, I'm just saying. I mean, I've seen a couple movies where she's absolutely hilarious, but they're probably on the more adult side of things compared to Ghostbusters. Is definitely going to be catered to an audience somewhat similar to the Secret Life of Pets. Not the but, same, obviously, but. I mean, gonna... It's also it's also catered to nostalgia. They're trying to right. play off people's nostalgia, like oh, because I know a lot of people, a lot of my parents, whatever relatives, big fan of Ghostbusters of the original one. So obviously, yeah. just they're trying to cater it in nostalgia too. But I think what they've really done wrong here is that one, they're trying for like an exact form, the exact formula that made the first Ghostbusters so enjoyable, but with females. That's essentially what they're doing here. And yeah. they're also they're trying to throw in like this black chick I don't know her name I'm sorry um, who's her just trying I to make her as stereotypical as possible and like oh we can get laughs by making her that cliche black woman who's like oh hell nah like that sort of that sort <laughs> yeah. of thing and like they they do have a joke like that in the trailer uh, yeah it, that would that actually was disgusting I kind of had and I was just, and I was just like really come on here. Like, you don't need to do that to get laughs. And I just, overall, I just, I don't think it's going to be a good movie. I don't know if it's, I, I would say, I would say it wouldn't be, it's not even going to be successful in the box office, like it's going to fail, but I can't, I couldn't say that for certain, because it is, does have the name Ghostbusters, so that'll get people to go out and see it, even though it's just looked just awful in the trailers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, so... Now moving on to Suicide Squad, which, my God, from everything I've heard about this movie, sounds like it's it's gearing up to be just incredible. Like it's, I'm optimistic, and I again I hope it's not like hyping it up for nothing because so far the only real good DC movie there's been has been um, the Batman series has been. Oh, uh, don't Christopher Nolan is unbelievable, but that's not something we're supposed to be talking about right now. Any, I mean, but I mean, it's kind of relates, you know, Joker, well, Harlan, Suicide Squad. I uh, mean, it's just everything I've heard about this movie makes it seem like it's going to be very good, and it seems like it's going to be awesome, and you're just going to just leave there, just like, oh my god. I but think again, being DC, I'm still a little bit on the fence just because of obviously previous previous dabblings in making movies and them not being good but hopefully it's a dark knight caliber like dark knight like the original dark knight not dark knight rises not batman begins but dark knight caliber good and yeah uh hopefully it's that caliber or better so i'm optimistic about it i mean from everything i've heard like jared leto apparently just he, like he was he did some serious method acting to play the joker he yeah uh, he was in character even when they were off stage. He would like, he would go around pretending like and acting like the Joker when he was interacting with people on or behind the scenes, off stage on the of the set, whatever things like that, and just and then obviously uh, just everything that's everybody has been talking about behind the scenes and whatnot. So I just I'm hoping it'll be really good. I'm hoping it'll be a good movie. I'm also hoping it'll be really good. I think. Um, the main thing that's been wrong with DC movies since the Batman series is that they tried to adopt a very similar tone, and I don't think that was necessary for some of the movies. However, I think that this is a movie that could fit that type of, you know, tone 
with maybe some more lightheartedness because of the that's, or, um, and that's what I'm ex- I'm that's what I'm expecting. I'm expecting it to fit the tone but be kind of also in the realm of Deadpool maybe. Like that's yeah. the thing too. Well, when you have characters like Harley Quinn and the Joker, there's obvious there's going to be but the, the, the you know the the interaction between some of these supervillains with ridiculous personalities has to have some amount of humor to it. Um, the one thing that worried me is based on the trailer, which you know in the trailer for uh, Batman versus Superman, there was some very cheesy lines that made it seem like maybe uh, the actor I oh shoot what's his name who's playing uh, Lex Luthor in that movie. Oh, um, Jesse Eisenberg. Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, it made him seem like maybe he wasn't right for the role. I, I after seeing the movie, well, I here's here's I an interesting just... here's an interesting fact about that too. Before I, I didn't mean to cut you off there. You want to finish that first? No, no, that's okay. You you put your thing in there. So it's, here's an interesting here's an interesting fact about that. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg didn't originally audition to be Lex Luthor. Uh, he auditioned he auditioned to be the Riddler. He auditioned for the Riddler, but then. Uh, when during the movie, like during the production of it, whatever they they cut out the Riddler, they got rid of his part, and yeah. so there was no Riddler anymore. And instead, it was Lex Luthor, and so that's what they gave him. The, they cast him as was Lex Luthor. Whereas I didn't. Th- I thought personally, I haven't seen the movie. I haven't seen Batman vs Superman, so I can't say how he fulfilled. But when I first heard about it, I thought it was wasn't the greatest selection. But then when somebody told me that, told me that he was supposed to be the Riddler and not Lex Luthor, I was like, okay, I can see that. I think he would be a much better Riddler than he would be a Lex Luthor. But, yeah, anyway, finish what you were saying. Yeah, that's I, just I, a I, fun fact. Right, that's good. I actually didn't know. Um, but I do think I – did, I did think he did a good job in that role. But the main thing is that that was a worrying point that, you know, I you don't know how it's going to turn out if there's – especially if in the trailer you're given something that makes you question your character. And I had that kind of moment – uh, during the Suicide Squad trailer with Harley Quinn, and I know that Margot Robbie is a fantastic actress, but there were a couple lines, especially there's a seat, there's a scene from the trailer in which she breaks a window and steals a purse or something, and they they like ask her why you did that, and she's like, "Come on, we're the bad guys" or something like that, and it was like it, that one really hurt for me, and I was like, I'm really hoping that it's not going to be that kind of attempt at humor, but that they're gonna, you know actually have some that that was all i've just the only thing that made me a little bit worried otherwise i think it could be a fantastic movie and then yeah that i mean any movie can be hindered by like just bad dialogue writing bad script writing but yeah i mean they had that other line where she had which i thought was pretty funny where um she's she's like what i should kill them all now and like and then she's like sorry the voices i can't shut them off like (laughs) yeah uh so Every, again, everything we've seen, it, it could be like a Finding Dory. Everything we've seen makes it look very positive, but you're gonna have to. We're gonna have to wait and see when it's released in theater. Just theaters, just how positive everything really is. Yeah. All right. So moving forward, next on to our next movie that we have here, and I believe our next movie is, um, yeah, Sausage Party. Yeah. No, so- that's not the title of a bad porno that is the actual movie sausage party sausage party is seth rogan's new movie he's going he's going in a completely different direction though something he's never done before he is making a adult movie an adult animated movie again back to my just my love for animated movies this one really appealed to me just because the trailer is absolutely horrifying and at the same time, it just looks very good. It's the origin. It's the regular cast of characters. You know, you got James Franco, Jonah Hill, Danny McBride, 
obviously all those guys who normally do movies together uh, normally do those types of movies together because in this is the end those types of things pineapple express whatnot so i mean i'm really excited for this movie because it looks like it's going to be really funny i don't know in terms of like how good like what the ratings are going to be on it and whatever but just it looks like one of those movies that is, might be really bad but it's still really funny yeah i i agree and i didn't even know this movie was coming out until before you started recording i watched the trailer and it does it looks it has the look of me to something that could be really funny when you have a project like like an animated comedy but an adult comedy is not something you see often although it it does happen and so i think it's always fun when they have a, a project like that because it's something different you know that not isn't often seen and it looks like with the type of cast that they have set up that's pretty traditional but has been known to make funny movies i think it's going to be regardless of how good the movie actually is it'll still have the entertainment value and it'll still be really funny and i think i hope it, again it looks like it could have those like clever bits in there that they throw in that, like subtle little like um references to different things obviously like they um I like what they did in the trailer where they show the they show the sausage Seth Rogen's character getting up after like a, acting like a bomb's just exploded and everything's kind of white and like it's like it's kind of like the shrapnel almost it's supposed to be just flying through the air and things like that and it's all dusty and windy and you see the soup can the chicken soup can trying to cram the cram the noodles back into itself like its guts and everything and I thought that was really funny really clever I like how they did that so I just I'm I'm excited to go see this movie and I'd want to go see it just just to see what it's going to be like. I mean, again, like like Ben said, it's not something that happens very often. You don't see a lot of those adult cartoon movies. Uh, I mean, I think adult cartoons are more prominent on TV. Obviously, Family Guy, South Park, The Simpsons, Rick and Morty, ones like that. Um, but. I'm, so I'm I'm excited to see this is a completely different direction about uh, direction from what uh, he's normally doing and I, the premise of it is really clever too you know food all they want to do is be taken home and be chosen and then as soon as they get there they realize they're just being slaughtered so yeah I'm I'm excited to see what what this movie is what which way this movie goes how good it is so all right that comes out on August twelfth by the way sausage party August twelfth um. All right, moving on to our second-to-last movie, moving back into, moving back into the Marvel realm with Doctor Strange. Yeah, I, I personally, I'm really, I'm very excited about this movie. Um, for a couple of reasons. First of all, when I heard it was announced, I was like, well, it's a new Marvel movie, so I'm excited just because of that. That's the kind of effect Marvel's had on people now, is because of how successful they've been. But then when I heard that Benedict Cumberbatch was going to be playing the lead role, role, I just automatically, I was like, I'm going to. I'm going to love this movie. And that's not, I mean, obviously that's not necessarily true, but that's how I feel when I hear Benedict Cumberbatch is going to be involved in something because I haven't seen anything in which he isn't a fan, isn't fantastic in his role and in which the movie isn't good. I mean, have you watched, uh, have you ever, have you watched Sherlock at all? Oh, I've watched Sherlock. Yeah. 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 I love that show. Uh, it's such a great show. Martin Freeman and Benedict Cumberbatch are just so perfect. Uh, they have Great on roles in those show, great chemistry, just great everything, and I really enjoy Sherlock. I think it's one of the best shows on TV right now. Yeah, I and, agree with that. And so I'm mean, Benedict Cumberbatch is just I again he's another guy I don't know if I've ever seen him do anything that's really bad. Um, again, like obviously The Hobbit wasn't 
great by any means, but I don't think The Hobbit was a bad movie either. Didn't compare to the nearly the same caliber as uh, the original three as the Lord of the Rings trilogy, but it didn't need to. I think the comparison there is like The Hobbit is e- able to be easier and more lighthearted and funnier and more free, whereas um, obviously the Lord of the Rings are much more serious than uh, are much more serious than The Hobbit. So I think it's okay that uh, I think it's okay that those were uh, that The Hobbit wasn't nearly as good because they're different movies. They're very different, but yeah, I I really again I really don't think Benedict Cumberbatch has ever done anything that's just you're just kind of like oh this sucks uh yeah he's always and even if he even if he isn't again even if he isn't a bad movie he usually is that guy who still puts in a really solid performance in a bad movie yeah uh, so i mean dr strange is it's gonna be a different type of superhero movie too obviously um it's not i don't think it'll be something we're used to seeing just because of who dr strange is but yeah I, I don't think it'll be bad i think it'll I think it'll actually be very solid. I think it's well. The main thing is that uh, in in you know some of the other movies like with Thor and his hammer and stuff like that, they've kind of tiptoed around the idea of magic in the Marvel universe, but they've never really delved into it. But with a character like Doctor Strange, they're going to be forced to like fully embrace the reality that you know of of magic and have to you know really get in you know into that. And I'm really excited to see how they do that. And I, I'm really excited to see how they do that too because they also have a plan. They have plans to make a Gambit movie, may release a Gambit movie, and Gambit is a lot like that. Is a lot like that Doctor Strange, magic, whatever type of deal. And so, the, in how they do Doctor Strange and how well they do it, could be an impact on the Gam on Gambit. Actually, Gam. Now that I think about it, Gambit's not being made into a movie, is it? I think it's being made into a TV series. Either way, though, it's still. I'm pretty sure Gambit's being made into a TV series, and I cannot remember. It was a big name. They got a big name to play to play Gambit, but I cannot remember who it was. Um, oh, this is so bad. But I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Gambit um, is be is being made into a TV series. That's uh, Channing Tatum plays Gambit. That's right. Ah, okay, yeah. Channing Tatum played Gambit. Um. And I cannot remember. Yeah, I cannot remember if it's being made into a TV series or not. But either way, yeah, just just how they do Gambit is gonna be. I think we'll, a lot of it will be based on um, a lot of it will be based on Doctor Strange and vice versa. So there you go. Finally, to end this to end this segment here, we're talking about Spider-Man: Homecoming, which is not coming out in 2016, but we want to talk about it now. And yeah. I, I just wanted a lot of people didn't understand what the Civil War scene at the end meant with Spider-Man, and what that was. What that was is that that was the plans for how to make the suit that Tony Stark made for Spider-Man. That that's what that was. That's they were showing how he obtains the plans for, how he obtains the plans for his suit so that he can have his suit in the movie. That's that's what that was, people. If you don't know. Then again, I'm going to sound like an idiot if that's not what it was, but I am almost <laughs> yeah. certain that that is what it was. That was how he's going to get his suit in Spider-Man Homecoming. But, I mean, hopefully, again, The Amazing Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2, if they just, for me, they just weren't that great. They weren't that great of movies. And I, I just, I mean, Spider-Man 2 suffered from the Spider-Man 3 syndrome. Or Spider- Amazing Spider-Man suffered from Spider-Man 2 syndrome. Spider-Man 3 syndrome. Yeah. Uh, the point is, 
the point is is that they tried to cram too much into Amazing Spider-Man 2, and that's why it was, wasn't a great movie. Same with Spider-Man 3, obviously. Spider-Man 3, they tried to cram all these villains into it and just was not a great movie. And so I'm optimistic because this is another direction they're going in. And at the same time, a little disappointed because, yes, the Amazing Spider-Mans weren't great, but they spent this whole time setting up the Sinister Six for us, and obviously we're not going to get it. We don't know that we won't get it. Maybe this new Spider-Man series will pull in the Sinister Sticks, but more likely than not, they'll go in a different direction just because... Obviously, they don't want to use villains that they've already used. And there's a rumor. It's not confirmed yet. It is, nothing has been confirmed yet, but there is a rumor that Vulture will be the main villain of this new Spider-Man movie. And, yeah, I've heard that rumor as well. And it also, also Donald Glover is in talks to be brought into uh, the new Spider-Man as well. It is un- it's unknown, though, what he'll be doing. He does voice Miles Morales in the animated cartoon as well. So, it could be how people have been speculating: Is he going to come in as Miles Morales? But I, I was like, well, what's the point of that? They've already got a new Spider-Man. It's already going to be Peter Parker. Plus, he looks really—he's really old. He's like 34, and Miles Morales is supposed to be 16 in the in uh, the cartoon, I think, or he's in general is just 16. So, probably unlikely that it'll be Miles Morales, but we have to wait and see. He has been. He has been in talks to come aboard on Spider-Man, so don't know what it is going to be yet. But, yeah, your thoughts, Ben? I, I'm also very excited about it. I think a, a lot of the hype is around the fact that a lot of people have felt really positive about this the casting for the role. Because in the past, like with Tobey Maguire, a lot of people were looking for the teenage Peter Parker, and they got the college-aged or older Peter Parker. And that was, you know, a turnoff for some people. And with Andrew Garfield, they took a guy who was in his 20s and tried to make him a high schooler. But A, no matter how awkward he acted, he was still looked and was totally like, you know, his appearance made him seem like the cool guy. Whereas now they took Tom Holland, who's a very, not to insult Tom Holland, he's very average looking. He's not like ridiculously good looking or anything. And he's the right age and I think that alone plus some of the dialogue between him and some of the characters particularly Ant-Man were pretty funny in Civil War you know just it got some people excited and I think that if that trend of how Spider-Man looks feels and is written uh, in Civil War can continue over to Homecoming it can be a very very good movie well with Tom Holland too now they've actually taken a guy who here he is in his 20s but he still looks like he could be in like his teens he looks like he'd be Right, he could be that sixteen, seventeen-year-old kid, uh, and I. For most people, my, for most people, I think felt Andrew Garfield was a really great Spider-Man, but was not a good Peter Parker. Yeah, and Tobey Maguire was the opposite. He was he wasn't that great of a Spider-Man, but he was a really good Peter Parker. Yes, and so they kind of went for a mesh of both, if you will, um, a blend of both, and that they got Tom Holland on that one. And I'm a little disappointed they didn't ask me to play Peter Parker, you know, play Spider-Man, <laughs> but. Whatever, Marvel. If you're listening to this, I'd be happy for anything. Hit me up. You know, you know my young speak, my young speak uh, email and whatnot, and my Twitter on the page. So okay, I'm gonna stop plugging myself now. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I think that's what they went for here. Is they went for a blend of that Toby Parker, P- Toby Parker, Toby Maguire, Peter Parker, and that uh, that Andrew Garfield Spider Man, and just merge them together to try and get what they got with Tom Holland and so I 
I'm not I'm not sold on him either way. I, I, a lot of people are like already after Civil War. Like I like him. I was just kind of like eh? I'm not entirely sold right now. It was like, either way, I just I don't think he had enough of like time for me to really yeah. get a good feel for it him. It was basically a cameo. It was a longer cameo. Yeah, it was an extended cameo. Right. And, right. Uh, and most of that was battle scene anyway. So you really you didn't get this a good full look. From what you saw, it looked really promising. It looked like it could be promising, but I'm reserving my judgments uh, until Spider-Man: Homecoming, just because. Again, you most of it. Most of his time on screen was in the battle. Was in the battle between Iron Man and Captain America's sides. So, it's just, it's just yeah. Wait to see. Wait to see what happens. Uh, that's another thing. Is like, I'm excited for Black Panther too. I really can't wait for that movie. It's not coming out until. I- not coming out until 2018, I believe, is when Black something Panther. like that. Yeah, Black, yeah. Black Panther is scheduled for 2018, but uh, 2018, 2018. But at the beginning of 2018, that's gonna be, that's gonna be. I think what the first all. It's it's taking a really great step in the right direction. It's gonna be. The, I think the first all African American, um, cast for a Marvel movie. Like, yeah, they're. I think it's entirely African American, so that's that's a step in the it's, right direction. So, well, at the very least, it's going to be majority because they've announced like all the lead roles already, and it's all very prominent young African American actors and actresses. So I'm excited for that one. All right, moving moving forward here, moving forward here, we got a couple more segments to hit. Uh, starting off with E3 and looking forward to the new. New releases for E3, obviously, will be, um, we've got some good stuff that was announced, some stuff that you're kind of like, uh, and some stuff that could be promising. So, hopefully, hopefully we'll see all of this come to fruition. I mean, you never know. There's so much stuff that gets announced that E3 ends up getting canceled for whatever reason, things like that. So, just, yeah. you can never really, you can never really tell, but I'm just gonna, gonna start it off really quickly here with FIFA 17. And their new story mode. And now, I'm still up in the air on this one because there people are at odds right now. They've already confirmed that you have to play as this Alex Hunter guy that they showed in the trailer that you can't change your name, change your character, whatever. And that it's going to be like a story. So they just said that was purely because that way he could always say his name and they could say, like, they could talk to him. They knew what the name was instead of people just making up. Because FIFA's so widely played, you'd have people with just names that the game maybe couldn't pronounce or whatever. The game wouldn't be able right. to say. So you, uh, so that that was their way of making sure that the everybody got the full experience from it. But at the same time, uh, but at the same time, they're they're talking about pronouncing the name or not being able to pronounce the name. I remember back in like Madden '07 on my PC. I created a character that was me, that was my guy, that was like had my last name Goldberg, and my my name is never in any sports games. Like it's not in 2K just because no player in the real NBA has ever had the last name Goldberg, things like that. And but even still, that Madden 07, the commentators could pronounce my last name the way it's supposed to be, and I don't know how they did that, but they were able to do it and i'm just yeah. i'm sitting here scratching my head like why can't we implement this into the games now why, what's so hard about that if we could do it in 2007 on my pc on my old crappy video game pc that was not nearly as good as the technology we have now why can't we do it now 
Yeah. It's just that's my little that's just my little gripe whatever. And yeah. isn't it I'm pretty sure I'm not an expert on technology programming by any means, but isn't it like they have like the commentators or whoever it is, the people doing the voiceovers and whatnot, just record like one phrase and then after that it it's a that phrase is able to randomize and generate every single word they're ever going to need to generate in the game. And it's just more about programming the phrases in. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I'm not I'm I don't not. know. Anyway, this is this is a long rant. That's just kind of there's kind of my feelings about it. So Yeah. Well, I I mean, just, I'm I'm up in the air. It could be good, and I think they've learned from a lot of 2K's mistakes. 2K's mistakes because I was seeing something that somebody was saying where 2K has made it so that you have to be nicknamed a certain thing and that most of the people call you by this certain this certain name they call you freak. And and that's just kind of like it's just, just kind of like okay yeah that gets kind of annoying after a while because you want to be called by your name i want to be called by my name my actual player name rather than just the one that's been like manufactured for me yeah. so at, at the very least if they couldn't figure it out like how to exactly get your name there are different different ways to work around it so you could still have your own character for it based on yourself without having to have the voiceover or whatever so i think that it's a little bit of a cop-out to say that but at the same time i think it's ex it, it should be It'll be very interesting, and I'm excited to play it. It'll be interesting to see what happens. For me, the most exciting thing about the new FIFA game is not even the new game mode, but the fact that they have a new engine for the game. That make based on some of the trailers, uh, the game looks a lot more realistic, and I think that that's one of the more exciting things for me. The only thing about the new engine is obviously that all these games all the time advertise new engines, and then they just don't end up being nearly as good as you think. Like right. I remember. Again, Watch Dogs was one where everybody saw the trailers for Watch Dogs and the graphics and everything like that, and they were just losing their minds like, oh, my God, is this what we're getting? And then it turned out the game was nothing like what they showed. And that's the same thing Watch Dogs 2 actually just got announced, and they showed the trailer for that. And the graphics were like the same type of thing as um, – they were in that Watch Dogs trailer, and everybody again was like, "Oh my God, are these the graphics?" And it's just like, "Hold your, hold on, slowly roll." We don't know this is for sure what we're getting, because yeah. back a couple years ago, back a couple years ago, it was uh, Madden had their new engine, the engine that they were using for tackling and whatnot, and they advertised it as completely reinnovated, uh, and their this engine basically with this Madden tackling engine. You were not. You weren't gonna see the same tackle twice. You were never gonna see the same tackle twice. And let me tell you, I definitely saw the same tackle. <laughs> tackle twice. Yeah, uh, I. Think they so, you just you just don't know for sure. Like obviously, the, it all looks good right now, but then it turns out it's not really that much different. Especially when it's EA, they talk about all this, what they're gonna do, and then it doesn't turn out to be good. Yeah. I think just it was just for me, I think that the main thing that needed to be improved in the game was some of the physics. So just the fact that they are going to a new engine might mean that they're trying to recognize that and fix the problem. We'll see. Like you're saying, it's nothing certain. I really hope the one thing that they fix for FIFA 17 is the passing. They've just yeah. They've just goofed the passing so hard this year. Passing is and, really bad. And I mean passing is usually always bad, but it's never I don't think been this bad. I tap the through ball button and my guy's like blasting it like yep. just all the way down the field. It's just it's ridiculous. They definitely need to work on the passing. I should not be having like my I should not be having like my 90 rated player or whatever like my like I should a guy like Mesut Ozil like a guy who's known for his passing and his assisting, 
he should not be blasting through balls so far that they just go out and become a goal kick. That's just that yeah. should not happen. I agree with that for sure. Like I tap the button half a second. So I think that's that's one of their biggest areas of focus that needs to be as well is just re 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 innovating and fixing the passing system. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. All right, so moving on to number two here, Star Wars Battlefront was another EA game that's announced, and one of the things that was announced for it is probably something as something that everybody's been asking for, who's a fan of Battlefront since the first one was released, and they're asking, and that's the story mode. They've been asking for the story mode, and they have confirmed that there will be a story mode in Battlefront. Now, I'm praying it is not one of those crappy Battlefield story modes because. If you've ever Battlefield, I love Battlefield, and it's probably one of my favorite first-person shooters. And I think it's much better than Call of Duty. Everything like that. Their multiplayer is great, but their story modes are terrible. So hopefully, it's something better than that. I don't know. For me, Battlefront is always going to be really nostalgic because when I was a kid, that was like, I when I, when I would go to friends' houses and stuff, that was the game we always played was Star Wars Battlefront. So. I mean, I bringing back you know a story mode into it could be a very good thing. I don't know. I think just being able to play it for nostalgic effect will be enough for me to be happy with it. But they could, you know, they should try to impress the customers more than just you know bringing that nostalgic effect for people like me. They didn't get the. I I agree because I've had the game. I remember the first time I played it was at my friend's house on his PlayStation Two, and then after that I went home and my and I asked my mom for it and I got it. For, I got it on my PC and I was playing it on my computer. But I don't even think the new one had the nostalgic effect for me because it was a good game in itself, and or it was a decent game in itself. I won't say good because there were some problems I had with it. One, like, added all this DLC and tried to make us pay for it and things like that. And I, Even though I'm pretty sure I remember them saying all the DLC was going to be free and things like that. So there's that. But, I mean, it didn't even really have that nostalgic effect because it just it didn't feel like a classic Battlefront game like I was used to playing. It felt like it was his own thing. It, it, and, it, and while people say, like, oh, it was just a battle, it was just Battlefield reskin for Star Wars, it wasn't quite Battlefield reskin for Star Wars either. It was somewhere in be it was somewhere in between. It was, like, on its own. It had its own thing. It was doing its own thing, but at the same time it was not a Battlefront game at all. It was, it was not what I'm used to it was not what I was used to seeing. There was no more of that. You can jump into instant action, play with all the heroes, and fight and whatnot. Or you can, like you, you can get all the different classes of troops and play with those guys and have these massive battles. And like it just, just didn't feel the same for me. So I'm interested to see what direction they go with in this new game. I don't know that I'll actually buy this new game. I'll, I'm really gonna have to wait and see on that one. What? Uh, what really it looks like closer to release time because right yeah. now I'm just not sold on it yeah I agree with that yeah I, I, there's nothing based on the last game or anything that makes it seem like it's a must buy it's just something you gotta you, have an eye on yeah yeah not a must buy not on my wish list right now but it's something I'll keep an eye on as we get closer to when it actually comes out definitely Speaking of games that are actually innovating and going in completely different directions from what they normally do, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wind. I mean, I'm a huge Legend of Zelda fan. I'm I'm a huge Nintendo guy. I'm pretty much Nintendo first. Like I'm I'm a retro gamer at heart and I just love playing old video games. 
more than I, a lot more sometimes than I like playing new video games, just because they're more exciting, they're more fun. They're back when back before the days of DLC and internet connections and things like that, where developers put all their effort into a game because they knew that that was the only chance they were going to get. They weren't going to be able to release like a bunch of patches for it uh, to fix problems. They weren't going to be able to release DLC to add on to it if they didn't include things, things like that. And, but Legend of Zelda, it's always been... I, I can't think of the word that my friend and I were talking about this. He used to describe it because he's also a huge Legend of Zelda fan. He used to describe it, the type of... Legend of Zelda has not been full RPG. It's never been full RPG. It's been an RPG, but not like the same way that Final Fantasy or something like that has been. But yeah. this is this is finally where they're going in a direction where they're making it a full RPG, and that I think that's a good idea. I think it's finally time they're refreshing things. It's not the same classic like setup and thing where you're set up and sequence formula we're used to seeing from Nintendo and seeing from The Legend of Zelda. You're going to be able to customize Link, be able to give him all different equipment, gear, things like that. Um, and I like the direction they're going They're going in with this, and I think it's a nice change. It's a nice refresher to make the game stay interesting, stay relevant. And Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with you. I think the best thing you can do, especially in a game series that's been around for as long as Legend of Zelda has, is to try to continue to do new things and to you know tr- try to keep it fresh because if you just keep making similar games no matter how if each game is really good or if the you know the plot line that it follows is really good or something it's always important to have different mechanics different things you can do in the game that you were never able to do before uh, i mean i don't know have you ever have you played any legend of zelda's you i haven't played? played for extended periods of time but i have played legend of zelda games before I think, yeah, I mean, there have been some really great games that have, you know, just been different. Like, this one's going to be a Toon Link game, I believe, and it's going to be in, like, the Toon Link realm. And I'm, I'm personally, my favorite Legend of Zelda is Legend of Zelda Wind Waker, and that was the best of all the Toon Link games, in my opinion. And I think a lot of people do believe that was the best of the Toon Link games, because the Wind Waker was just a whole lot of fun, because there was a ton of stuff you could do in that game. It was more open worldy than a lot of like the other Zelda games have been somewhat open worldy and like there's but at the same time this one was a lot more open worldy in the sense you could sail to different islands you could do different quests like side missions that weren't part of the same thing that weren't part of the main mission but you could still do the main story but there were all these different secrets you could find like to get more rupees so that you could carry more rupee bombs more whatever more arrows things like that so. Wind Waker is my personal favorite, and yeah. All right, so moving on to the next game here. This is a really, this is a really interesting one. I'm there's not a whole lot that's been known made known about it. It's Death Standing, and it's the new um, Hideo Kojima. The new Hideo. I probably butchered that name so hard, but no offense was meant. <laughs> Hideo Kojima is the guy is the guy behind this one and he's master he's a master designer master director he just he knows how to write a really good game and make a really good game and this is kind of his way of getting back at konami for what they did uh for you know canceling silent hill and firing him whatever and norman reedus is obviously going to be the protagonist of this death standing and 
he's not made a whole lot known about this game. They showed like a brief trailer of it, and he all he what he said is that fans of the Division and Uncharted are going to enjoy this game. So I've not played the Division. I am a huge fan of the Uncharted series. I love Uncharted. I've played all of them, and I'm just I'm excited for this game because I'm also a big Walking Dead fan, and I like Norman Reedus a lot. And this is kind of I think his way of giving the middle finger to Co- to uh, Konami for for that and for him being like I'm gonna just do this. So yeah, I mean your thoughts on this one? Uh, well, I I. Had not heard about Uncharted I, that it was uh, you know similar to going to be similar to Uncharted that Norman had said that, but um, I have not played the Uncharted games, but however I do know many people who think they are fantastic, so that excites me. And like you said, I'm also I'm also a big Walking Dead fan, so just for me the the main thing for me is that Norman Reedus being involved it makes me excited, and the fact that it's you know made and produced by people who make some of the best games, so. It, it's just, you know, an exciting thing. But again, you know, you don't know too much about it yet. So there's, you know, still a lot to be learned. And yeah, exactly. It's in, I feel like right now it's in pre-pre-development stages or whatever. And like it's like, pre, or it's in early development. And I think more of the reason they did this, they made this announcement now at E3 is one, the platform. I mean, it's E3. E3 is like the big scale platform for announcing anything. And two, I think you really wanted to get back at Konami and he wanted to be like, well, look what I'm doing now. Like, look at this. Like, uh, shows you. So I think it was more. It was more about having an announcement and being able to announce and make the announcement for this game than it was about showing like where they are right now or what the game's about or what you do, things like that. But yeah, I mean, Death Stand, Death. I'm sorry, not Death Standing, Death Stranding. So, I mean. Ba- from what it looked like, it would look like it was he was like washed up on an island or whatever. So, so it's it's kind of right now you can just speculate what it's going to be about. Is it zombies? Maybe is it zo- is it not zombies? Who knows? Uh, something something completely different that we're not even expecting. I'm just I'm I'm excited to see what this game's going to be, what it's <laughs> what it's going to bring. I'm right with you on that one. All right, so. The next one, um, God of War. The new God of War was announced. It's, it's just called God of War right now, although most people think it's going to be God of War 4. Um, I've never played any of them. I've seen like playthroughs and gameplays of them and things like that, but I've never actually played them. Um, all I know about this one is that Kratos is a lot older in this game, so that it's going to be somewhere further down the line. And Other than that, I don't have much input on this one. I don't know if you've ever played any of the God of War. Yeah, I haven't played any of the God of War games either, but like you, you know, I've seen gameplay and stuff like that. And, you know, it's exciting just for the fact that it's, you know, a well-known game series. So obviously there's some quality there. And like you're saying, you know, maybe there's some interesting plot lines with Kratos. But, yeah, I don't really have much I can say about this either. Other than that, hey, they're making a new God of War game. All right, so Spider-Man, the new Spider-Man game. It's going to be made by Insomniac. Um, it's going to be the first one that it's going to be the first one well not the first one but it's going to be kind. it's not going to be a movie tie-in is what they've told what they've said about it it's not going to be a movie tie-in it's going to be it's own thing uh, if you've seen these screenshots and the pictures from it he's wearing the white suit he's white suited Spider-Man and I'm not a huge fan of that it looks kind of weird but hopefully it's going to be a good game because there's been a there have been a handful of good Spider-Man games, but there haven't been that that many good Spider-Man games. 
there haven't been that good many good superhero games. Most of the ones that are made are movie tie-ins, and they're not that good. I know there's a hand, there's a few good games that I've played. Um, like Shattered Dimensions was the one Spider-Man game I played. Um, I'm, I don't know. I didn't really like that game. It was eh for me. It was not bad, but it was not really great. The one thing I really did like about that was when you were the noir Spider-Man and you did all these stealth missions and you were sneaking around and whatnot. Those were really fun. I really enjoyed those. But other than that, I felt kind of bored and I kind of didn't really want to play the other Spider-Man missions that you had to play. I just wanted to play all the noir ones. So like I would play one to unlock another noir one and then I'd play all the noir ones because those were fun. But I don't know. I just at Shattered Dimensions wasn't great for me. Um, what was the other one? What was that one called where all the superheroes came together? Uh, oh, um, I know what game you're talking about, but Ultimate Alliance. Yeah, Marvel, Ultimate Alliance. Marvel, yeah. Ultimate Alliance. Yeah, I really liked that game. That game was really fun because that one had a I, fun story mode, and you could play as all different characters. You could do different combos with the characters, like different characters using their special moves together, created different attacks. I liked that one a lot. Yeah, I I played that with, and with friends, and it was definitely that's a very fun game. So uh, hopefully they can bring some not well. It's clearly not going to be the same because it's not going to be a mar, like an Ultimate Alliance game. But if they can, you know, have a an enjoyable feel like that for Spider-Man. Shadows Web of Shadows was another really good Spider-Man game. So something, it's just something that's not movie tie-in, obviously. So with it not being movie tie-in or being movie related, it's gonna be they're giving the freedom to do kind of right. whatever they want on this one I yeah mean, i've had good experiences with super non-movie tie-in superhero games but the main one that i can think of right now is that there was a a couple years ago there's a deadpool uh game that came out and you know that i can't decide if that one was enjoyable simply because it was deadpool and so there was you know ridiculous amounts of gore and you know action sequences and you know some Deadpool humor added in, or if it was actually because it was a well, you know, a well-made not movie tie-in game, you know. But either way, I think it's good that it's not a movie tie-in for sure. So there have been some movie tie-in games that have been not not necessarily terrible, like. I've heard good things about the Spider-Man 2 movie tie-in game, but again, I've never I've never played that. That's not true. I've played it on the PC, but it was not anything like I've heard it's been on the console. On the PC, it was linear. You had to play level by level. And the worst part of that, the one part that was really annoying, you didn't even have free ro- free web shooting. They had yeah. they gave they gave you these little green targets and you had to click on those with your mouse and you would shoot webs at those and swing from that to that. And it, so it was just it was linear. It was just, it was boring. It was, not boring, it was fun. I enjoyed it, but at the same time, I've heard my friends talk about, they played it on their console, on their PlayStation, whatever, and it was, they said it was a lot more fun. They mm. said that they got free, they got to free roam. I got no free roam on the PC, so I know games tend to vary from PC to console, uh, or at least they used to, so I don't, I don't know. Maybe I just missed out on something there. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I don't have a lot of experience with some of those games from the past so i can't really comment but uh all right we'll move on to the move on to that final one because this one i'm actually really really excited for it looks like it's going to be really cool uh days gone is it's a new um it's a new um, well i'm totally but butchering they're forgetting the word here what's it ci or pi or 
RPI. RPI, that's the word. Uh, it's a new RPI, and it's basically it's just going to be an open world zombie game, and it's going to be kind of. Oof. It's yeah. gonna be kind of what everybody's wanted from an open world zombie game. Granted, I've played Daisy, and Daisy is a lot of fun. It's a really great game, and uh, so this one's gonna be a new. This one's gonna be a new type of thing. It's gonna be open world, free roam, and it's it's being made by Sony. It's, it's being made by Sony, so I'm assuming this is gonna be a. Uh, it's gonna be a console exclusive. I'm assuming this is gonna be a PlayStation exclusive game, and I just. Hopefully it's everything we want, you know, you can, I, I don't know if there's going to be a story, I'd imagine there'd be a story to it, but it, it would be cool if they tied in a multiplayer aspect too, where you could, uh, you could just kind of build your own camp or whatever base, set it up, stock up supplies and whatnot, and then fight other people. That'd, That'd be, be cool, yeah, yeah, I don't know, I, I've always enjoyed the that style of game, I don't know, I, you know, zombie games, I'm sure they're not always great like story modes sometimes are probably questionable but overall i've never really had a playing session in, in a game styled like this that hasn't been enjoyable so i don't see why it wouldn't be a positive or a, a good a good game to look for i mean it's it's yeah it's definitely like i definitely think it's really cool i saw the screenshots um uh, I've seen the screenshots from it and things like that. The graphics look really insane. I haven't seen the trailer for it, so I'm probably it's probably bad to talk about it without seeing the trailer. Um, but it's basically the premise of it is it's like it's like post-apocalyptic world. It's like two years removed from a um, from a epidemic from like a zombie ec- epidemic. So it's not like it's immediately after it happens. It's not like a Walking Dead type thing where it starts immediately after it happens. There's been some time that's gone on between the start of this and between where it at and where it is now. So you're so I'm assuming your character or whatever you play as is going to be at least somewhat versed in the ways of zombie killing and the ways of survival and whatnot. So it should be it should be interesting to see what they do with this. Uh, obviously, it's not something. It's a new game, not something we've ever seen before. I don't. I don't think it's going to be the same style as The Last of Us, which I've never, which I've never played, or I played a little bit of. I've never like played the full thing through. Right. That's a really fun game too. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's going to be the same style as that. It's not going to be because that's Naughty Dog, and Naughty Dog do things just so well. I mean, they've done Uncharted. Uncharted is one of the best games ever. I think I've ever played. Uncharted is just so much fun. Uh, it's like an Indiana Jones movie, and so. Uh, but I'm excited to see what Sony do with this because I'm expecting this to be a console exclusive. It'll be a, I'm expecting it to be a PlayStation exclusive, so it'll be interesting to see. I think I think they have announced that it's going to be PlayStation Four only or something like that. So and a game with a Spider-Man too. I'm not sure if Spider-Man's planning on only being PS4 exclusive. But probably. I'm assuming it probably will be because it's being made by Sony. Made by Sony, and I'm seeing here it's actually being made by the well Insomniac, the Ratchet and Clank dev. Is making a new Spider is making the new Spider-Man game. So, yeah, I think there's some really great games that are coming f- that are coming forward. At least Sony. I think Sony are doing a lot of thing, a lot of making a lot of games that are look like they could be really exciting. And then a lot. I feel like a lot of these games are also just um, a lot of these games are just you know uh, reboots or things like that. Like obviously Crash Bandicoot's being rebooted in HD. Um, yeah. There's been a lot of VR stuff from E3 this year. To summarize E3, I think virtual reality has really been the main, main item. So, you know, yeah. it's just... And, and the Skyrim, the, the re-release, uh, 
Oh yeah, we, I know. A, I have a lot of friends who are big Skyrim fans. I'm a big, all, and they're all freaking out for it. And I'm just kind of like, well, I mean, if you'd play PC like me, you'd already have all the mods and the DLC. Right, and, right, yeah. And I was like, you know why we don't need a remastered version? Because it's already as good as it can be on the PC. And your remastered version on console is still not going to be as good as the version on PC. But uh, I. <laughs> Really, all jokes aside, I'm just more of a PC gamer than a console gamer, although I do play a lot of console games. like uh, I play all my sports games on console because yeah. a lot of my friends and like that play their sports games on console, so it's just easier for me to play them. But I am like I love I prefer playing like my story mode games and my games like that on PC just because graphics are better. I can get the mods, things like that. So yeah. All right. And finally for our final our final topic here. And I think we should we're gonna breeze through these real quickly. Yeah, it'll be a quick one. It'll be a quick one because probably why we saved them for the last. I think these are the ones we have least to say about, just because Definitely. there's not a whole whole lot you can talk about with it. But anyway, we're gonna go for our summer album releases. You want to kick us off here? Yeah. Um, so first of all, coming out. Uh, I don't know have the exact date, but in a couple days, maybe a week, uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers are coming out with a new album, The Getaway. Uh, they released two or three singles, um, and it's stylistically it's a little bit different from what the Red Hot Chili Peppers usually do. But from from the few songs, it's, released, that uh, it's actually released tomorrow. Tomorrow, so wow, so Finding Dory's Waste tomorrow, also Red Hot Chili Peppers, The Getaway, which so I'm very excited about it. I'm a big Red Hot Chili Peppers fan, but it's not going to be the same thing as that late '90s, early 2000s sound. They lost their lead guitarist, and they replaced him with a different guy. It, um, he's not he's not as good like just that's just how it is so it's going to restrict them a little bit to uh, they're going to have to you know maybe dumb down some of the parts or go they're going in a different direction stylistically they're going to have to change a little bit to suit their you know their uh, what they're best at now and I, it still sounds like it's going to be very high quality uh, Red Hot Chili Pepper stuff so I'm very excited about that one uh, and I'm going to play the flip side of this one I'm not a huge Red Hot Chili Peppers fan. I'm I love a lot of cra- classic rock and things like that and alternative. That's probably that's my number one type of music that I listen to. But I've just never been able to get into the Red Hot Chili Peppers cuz for me a lot of their music has just sounded the same. And there's a few songs that by the Red Hot Chili Peppers that I actually do enjoy that I really I think are good songs and I really like them. Like uh, Snow is one of them and Danny California. That's another one. Those are probably like the two that I actually just really I do really like by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. But other than that, I've just I've never been a huge Red Hot Chili Peppers fan, and uh, so I, I'm not. I'm probably I'll probably listen to the album, but I don't know that I'm gonna like. I'm anticipating this nearly as much as you are. Yeah, well, fair enough. I I'm not everyone's a huge fan like I am, so that's you know fair. Uh, so num- number two on the list is Blink-182, California, uh, cleverly. I mean, kind of interested to see what this is going to be because, you know, uh, you know, I mean, they're, Blink-182 were one of those bands where they were just huge. Like, they were massive. Like, people loved Blink-182. Yeah. And they kind of just disappeared. Yeah. They, well, they, it's because of... Uh... So there's been a bit of a falling out. You know, originally there was three members. You had the uh, your drummer Travis Barker, bassist uh, Matt or Mark Hoppus, and then uh, lead guitarist Tom DeLong. And Tom had a falling out, and the other two had a falling out. And now in this album, Tom is not going to be included. They've replaced him with 
I think his name's Matt Skiba as uh, the guitarist now. So it's going to be stylistically, it's going to be very similar from the, some of the singles they've released to what Blink-182 sounded like, you know, in the early to mid-2000s. But it's going to be different because they won't have Tom. So it's going to, it's going to, diff- the, the guitar parts are going to be slightly different. The vocalization is going to be different. And so I- it's... And again, I think it's like what you said with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. It's it's unrealistic to expect the same type of sound that they had in say like the the '90s and early 2000s, things like that. Like I think it's just for any band really, like it's unrealistic for them to expect like that because music changes over time and bands slight change over time and they kind of have to adapt to the what people want to hear and things like that. So yeah, at the same time, also when a band with a band, it's like they want to play what they want to play. So, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that either. If you're a band and just play, I think there's a certain point in your career where you've already been so established that you're just like, you know, I'm going to play what I want to play now. Like, this is what I want to do. I'm going to do it. And if people still listen to them because of the name and because of who they are, who they branded themselves as. So it's just, yeah, you know, that Absolutely. sort of thing. And I think one last final note on Blink-182 is I think a lot of their their separation and their drifting apart was that Travis Barker especially he he I'm I'm kind of up in the air on him I'm not a huge fan of him but I'm not like I don't really hate him either I but the way he's marketed himself and the way he's developed himself as an artist has been really smart is he's he wasn't he didn't just stay known for Blink 182 even though they were so huge he he did remixes with hip hop art hip hop artists he played he featured on their tracks, did all sorts of drumming to their beats and whatnot. And that's yeah. really that was a really smart move of him because he's able to branch out and be in these other realms now and be known for that stuff too. So he's yeah. he's done very good job marketing himself, and I think that was a lot of the lot of their drift apart too. Is that Travis Barker just went off and started doing hip hop things and he started playing drums yeah. for hip hop bands, and, you know, and at in the hip hop bands, geez, hip hop artists. Like I know, right? And in the meantime, you know, the other guys, particularly Tom, had a couple of other side projects he was working on too. So yeah, like you're saying, just having people going different directions naturally is going to start to tear apart. But then group. they come together to make a really great. They may come together to make an album that hopefully will be good. Right. Exactly. Kind of like it, kind of like a Guns and Roses. I mean, hopefully, they, if any, if any, if Guns and Roses can get back together after what happened between all of them, anybody can get back together. Yeah, that's definitely true. I mean. So I'm a huge Guns N' Roses fan too. I love them, and I'm hopefully gonna go see them when uh, during their tour. So that'll be pretty sweet. Yeah, awesome. So anyway, moving on to our second to last album here is Schoolboy Q Blank Face, which is set to be released in July. I think July 8th is the release date for uh, is the release date for Blank Face, and I'm 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 wondering what he's gonna do with this one. Honestly, I'm I'm trying to think about how he what he does, and I mean, School by Q's definitely he's got a little bit of a different feel than kind of a lot of other rappers and a lot in what he does. But he's at the same time he's also a lot similar to Kendrick Lamar and like what Kendrick does. But I probably would catch a lot of hate for that because they're also very different artists. Uh, they're also very different artists, and they make a different style of music. But lyrically, they're a lot similar than a lot of people think, and. Uh, and Schoolboy Q, his last album, his last album was, it was meh. It was, I, I thought it was going to be really good, and there were only a few songs on there that, like, I liked. Like, there were, like, the, the singles that he released for that album were, and then there were a couple other songs that were actually good songs. 
but overall the album just was kind of meh but i know this one's going to be really anticipated because he does have a lot of big fans out there and i do like schoolboy q i just i he's just very meh for me like um i'm just trying to like break the bank man of the year those were the two from the last album those were two of the singles from the last album and then um um hell of a night i really liked hell of a night i I know quite a few people didn't really like it like uh but i liked hell of a night i thought that was a very good song um and the beat on that song was really good was a really good uh if you listen to the background of it he has the humming they have like the lady humming over it and it's like and you're just and it, it just the beat overall is really good so i i think he's a lot of that too he has a lot of songs where maybe I focus more on the beat because the beat's nice rather than just what he's saying in his rap and his lyrics and everything. So yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know much about Schoolboy Q, but I do, however, I am a big fan of the the next band who's coming out with an album this summer, uh, Young the Giant. They're releasing their album, their new album, uh, Home of the Strange, on August twelfth. Um, they are an an indie rock band that kind of they haven't been super big their best their their first album is considered by many to be their best and they took a very different change in style going to the second one that you know got a lot of mixed reviews i personally still thought it was you know a very good album but um they, they've definitely taken a big step in a different direction that i think many people were expecting them to with the of what they've released a single or two um off this new album and it stylistically sounds very very different than anything they've done so far but I, it's had a very positive response so far. So I'm very excited to see what they can do with this um, and, you know, see if they can take a, a big step into, the, you know, maybe more into the mainstream of, uh, you know, maybe more people start to like them in the, you know, indie, uh, indie rock, pop rock type setting. I haven't listened to a lot of their stuff. I think the one thing I the one song I think I've listened to by them is Cough Syrup. Right, which is their that was their big song from their first album that you know that that was like their hit song you'd say from their first album. It's a very good song, um, but yeah, they they definitely they took it you know they've taken two steps in di- very different directions since that first album, um, which you know they didn't necessarily have to, but you know that's something that some of the best artists do is they always are experimenting and trying new things, and they definitely took a big step in a different direction, and uh, we'll see if it pays off. So I mean, I definitely have to listen to more of them. I think. There's, uh, I think there's a lot of a lot of good stuff there. So, that kind of wraps up. That kind of wraps up our final podcast or our final podcast. Our, our first, first, our first podcast. The final topic on our first podcast. Uh, our first podcast. So, if you guys have any constructive changes, things that we can that we could make, whatever. Totally, we're totally open to that. Let us know your Absolutely. opinions. Let us know about. We're going to. We'll have that segment we are talking about next week. Where we each pick some, we highlight something that's lesser known and something that's not a something a TV show, movie, um, a TV show, movie. Uh, heck, it could be a book, video game. You know, it could be anything really. Uh, it probably most likely be art, an artist, a movie, or a TV show, but it could be anything really. And we just we're gonna highlight that and kind of give it out to you guys as well as each other to see uh, to see what it is or like to see what. Uh, what it's about because it's going to be not as well known but other than that if you have any again if you have any changes you think we can make especially on that format let us know do you want us to do one of each a TV show a movie and an artist or do you want us to just pick one say so like an artist one either of an artist a TV show or a movie and we'll and then talk about it talk about why we like it so 
and I think maybe maybe we could even put a challenge out, be like, okay, I want you to go listen to this artist, and then we come back and give our opinions at the beginning of each show about that, or we at the beginning of each of that segment we give our opinions about it, be like, oh yeah, I watched this movie and I thought it was really good, or I wa- listened to this artist, whatever. Okay, I'm rambling on now, but <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty much that's pretty much it. So yeah. We got we've we've still got a, quite a few more topic ideas we'll cover in the next few episodes. So if you enjoyed, stay tuned. Make sure you sign up for the email notifications so you know when we post stuff back on the Young Speak site. And this will conclude episode number one of Ben Squared. Till next time, we'll see you all in the next episode. Have a great week.